When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. Well, this week we move from the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial to another extremely iconic, prestigious golf course on the PGA Tour. It's the Memorial Tournament at Jack's Place, Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio. Elk, you know, we, this is obviously another one of the designated events, but um, Memorial is one of those tournaments that really sits up there, you know, just below the majors. 20 million bucks or not, Diane, everybody's going to Muirfield. It's the uh, most pristine course. This is sort of a little experimental plot for Jack Nicholas. He's always changing the course. He's always got little surprises for the players when they come up to it. Uh, you've got the, the four major championships, Diane, then you've got the players' championship. Right under the players is Jack Nicholas's tournament, the Memorial. He's got the driving range. It's perfect, the food, the everything. He knows how to run an event. And he knows how to set up a course. The course is never easy, although there's some guys that have had some super scores. He also honors uh, an honoree each year of, of someone that's you know contributed to the game. This year, I think it's Larry Nelson. Fantastic uh, event. Yeah, um, you uh, talking about the honorees? Obviously, Mr. Burke and an icon, a legend in the game. He was honored in 2009. Um, do you have any special memories of that? Well, I took I went up to the event in 2009 with Jackie Burke and, you know, he knows Jack Nicholas really well. And one of the stories that I like so much was when Mr. Burke was uh, working for McGregor, uh, they, they hired on Jack Nicholas and they put Jack Nicholas with Jackie Burke to go out and see what Mr. Burke thought of this young up, upstart player. Well, they played Cypress Point out in California. And after the round, uh, Jack Nicholas asked Jackie Burke what he thought about his putting. And back then, Jackie, uh, Jack Nicholas used to putt like this with his hand right up high like this when he, when he putted. And Jackie Burke said, well, I've never um, seen anyone that's won any tournaments with their hand way up here like this. He said, you need to have your hand underneath. And that was the start where Jack Nicholas uh, had his hand way under and he putted like that his whole career. Well, at the presentation that, that day at the Memorial Tournament, Jack Jackie Burke was telling this story where he met Jack Nicholas, and then years later there was a drought in Jack Nicholas's career before he won his 18 majors when he won about 10. He came back to Jackie Burke to get a lesson again because he was putting terrible, and Jackie Burke told all the people there on the hill at Memorial, he said, Jack, I told you this eight years ago or 10 years ago. You had your hand up too high. Now get it back down underneath where it's supposed to. 
<laughs> well, he changed it right then and went on to win another seven majors, and he became the eight, you know, eighteen majors that win most winning of all time. That's amazing. That's a great, great story. Um, you know, and that's the thing. Like Jack Nicklaus just gets it like no one else, um, and that's why he's always standing on the eighteenth green on Sunday, waiting. You know, to congratulate the winner. He's the first person that they see, and um, him and Barbara put so much passion into all the initiatives and making this tournament. You know, really stand out on the tour. But you're right. You know, he doesn't want to make the course easy for the guys, and and they've been renovating the course. It went through that huge renovation a couple of years ago you know added length the greens have always been super tricky here um but yeah he doesn't want to make it he wants to make it fair but definitely it's a tough challenge yeah i've, I've talked to some of the players already it's it, the course is very dry you know we've always had that rain there where jack nicholas got in trouble with uh, the the chief of the indian uh tribe uh chief leather lips Hard to say. Uh, the story of nobody knows the story of Chief Leatherlips was there was a gravesite at the memorial tournament right on the driving range, and the tribe told Jack Nicholas, whatever you do, don't dig up the cemetery to put the driving range there. Move it somewhere else. Well, of course, Jack moved the cemetery, and the tribe cursed the tournament for 50 years of rain. And now Barbara Nicholas, we've done cartoons on it. We'll post them again this week. Barbara Nicholas has gone back to Chief Leatherlips's new grave and done offerings of fruit and, and hogs and meat and all sorts of things as an offering. Maybe we're at the 50 year of uh, the, the curse being over, but right now, Diane, it's a very dry tournament, looking good. Four inches of dry rough. They've lengthened hole 16 to par three and 17. 16 will play a little bit longer, 10 yards with a little bit friendlier angle to come across that water. We remember when Tiger Woods iconically pitched that ball from over the back of the green and dribbled down and went in. So much drama. I don't know how many times uh, Tiger won that tournament. And then 17 is back a little bit further to bring those fairway bunkers in. So a little bit tighter finish. I can imagine Nicholas thinking, well, I want to see these guys, you know, hit some more shots coming in this week. Somebody who will be looking to potentially overcome their own curse at Muirfield Village is John Ram, who won the tournament in 2020, finished tied for 10th last year. But in 2021, remember he had that six-shot lead as he walked off the 18th green on Saturday, only to be told that he tested positive for COVID and had to withdraw from the tournament. And Patrick Cantley went on to win that year. Um, John Ram and Patrick Cantley are obviously, you know, two of the superstars on the PGA Tour right now and they're always up at the top. This is a course for the two of them that just seems to suit their games to a T and they both have fantastic history around here. Yes, you're right. And I was talking to Jason Duffner over the weekend and I, he won this tournament and, and we sort of, everyone knows that if you are going to win or play well at the Memorial, You've got to drive the ball really well. You don't actually have to hit it miles like some of these guys, but you've got to hit it straight. Jack Nicholas has got four inches of rough. There's some dog legs. Now the course is firm. That's, that's going to make these fairways tighter. You've got to get proximity to the hole. You've got to get on the green. And if you and when you miss the green, you've got to know where to miss. Jason Duffner only finished in the top 40 when he putted, but he hit the ball exceptional. Now, we took a look. Diane at the last, the champions who just spoke of Cantlay, Ram, um, 
Billy Horschel last year had a tremendous week of ball striking, drove it great in the top two, uh, only 45th in distance. So that proves that you don't have to be miles down there. Billy Horschel was top three in um, proximity to the hole from 175 to 200, which is very prevalent on this golf course. Just to give you a snapshot, because Billy Horschel has been in a bit of a, a down period in his golf. I'm looking at the exact stat right here, Diane. He's 176th in the same proximity uh, category that he was number one or two last year when he won the tournament. So it goes to show you when you start to handicap in golf, where are these guys right now is the most important thing. Yeah, um, I looked at Billy Horschel this week and we'll get into talking about some of the individuals in a little while. But as you say, he's defending champion and his odds this week are all over 100 to 1 everywhere I found him, even though he won last year and outside that win has four top 15 finishes, even when he hasn't been playing that great around this tournament. It's one of those places that 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 he comes to and his game just kind of thrives at. So um, Billy's going to be an interesting watch this week. There's a few of them, um, you know, we talk about the designated events. There's only two big names that are really missing out this week. Tony Finau and Max Homa, whose sister is getting married. So he's got the perfect excuse to be skipping. Although I'm sure uh, <laughs> as happy as he is for his sister to be getting married this week, he has a fantastic record around here. So I'm sure this is one that um, he's a little bit sad to miss and with it being Jack's tournament as well. But let's talk about the course because I know you have been looking, um, looking at Muirfield Village at the changes that they've made and talking to people that have been out there yeah it's a wonderful course uh it winds through the beautiful oaks and maples they have up there it's hilly i mean jason day who who lives in this this area he you know that he's going to have to be one to watch this week but but basically it's picturesque every hole i mean think of augusta up in ohio it's, it's, it's the most beautiful course it's got some undulations a lot of risk and reward there's holes like uh number five to part five and so is number seven uh number 11 you've seen guys reach and then of course coming in they've redone completely number 15 so jack likes a lot of drama a lot of catch up there's also these very narrow holes like 14 where you've got to lay up some guys have been going for the green i mean it's always drama at muirfield and and i'm really excited to hear that it's going to be dry because that's that's really what's going to make this thing go i mean we saw a very dry golf course at colonial Eight under par, Diane, one on like a, a course that's 7,000 yards long. I mean, Muirfield's much harder than that. So I'm, I'm, I got to be, I got to say, we didn't have a mention Scheffler yet, but Scheffler is one of the most amazing golfers. I mean, seems like he um, right now has the maybe the superior attitude. He maybe has the uh, superior training. He doesn't seem to get tired like some of the other guys. He, he, he keeps going and he keeps finishing second, keeps finishing third. I mean, what is this? Three weeks in a row, Dallas third, PGA second, Colonial third. Um, it seems like his endurance, Diane, uh, is not slowing down for Scheffler. And he's been playing a lot. The PGA Championship, I mean, look at Hovland last week. You know, obviously he was in contention as well at the PGA. And fatigue, I think, played a role. When you look at some of the names um, from the PGA who were playing last week, some of them just weren't performing the way we maybe had hoped or expected, Hovland being one of them. But um, Scheffler just keeps on rolling and he just has this very relaxed demeanor about him. It never looks like he uh, gets too high or too low. 
Yeah, it's easy not to get low when you're finishing third every week, but you know he has that crazy footwork action which throws you off a little bit. But I've I've actually put a piece of paper over his feet and just watched the upper part of his swing, and that's pretty much flawless. And that's that's proven the point, and that's why he's right there every week. Yeah. Um, no way he plays next week before he goes to the U.S. Open. But is there another? Is there any more gas left in the tank for Scheffler yeah. on your board? Um, well, we will get in to talk about our picks and our favourites. Um, quick, Going back quickly to the course, I was looking at the, the scoring average for the holes and the only holes that have a scoring average below par are the four par fives, which just shows how difficult. You know, you've got long par fours out here. But let's talk about the greens because the greens here are notorious for being small and fast and some of the most difficult that the guys are faced with on the tour schedule. Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm going to stick with my thinking at the at the top of the show. When I played this tournament, I think I finished second one year, and that was the year that I decided that I was going to play a high fade shot into every green the way Jack Nicholas designed it. Um, and, what uh, would Jack do? We've said this. Yeah, before. exactly. What, what would what would Jack do? Remember, they used to have those bands at WW, uh, J. What would Jesus do? It was the same thing here. What would Jack do? Um, a lot of a lot of holes on this course, Diane. If you don't hit a good drive. You can't really get on the green. That happens at two. It happens at three. It happens at six. Uh, it happens on the back nine uh, a couple other times. It's just if you get out of position, you can't do anything. So it requires a almost a sort of a one of your best weeks of driving the ball, one of your best weeks of hitting the irons, keeping out of trouble, putting. We talked about don't have to run the tables if you're not just you're not just going to be able to hit it anywhere. Uh, and then putt your way into the lead of this tournament. You're going to have to hit it straight. Okay. Um, I didn't ask you. Rory McIlroy is back in action this week. Where are we putting what, – what's going on with Rory McIlroy? Well, Rory's 12-1 to 1 this week. Scheffler leads um, on the Osborne at 6-1. to 1. John Ram's 7.5-1. to 1. Cantley's 10-1. to 1. And then Rory at 12-1. to 1. When we did our re-ranking this week, Rory actually dropped down to 19th in our field ranking, um, which, you know, definitely shows kind of where he's at. Looking at his stats, wow. I mean... We, you talked about the fact we have long holes here and approach from 175 to 200 with that proximity is going to be key. That is definitely Rory's best stat and he's fifth on the whole tour in that category right now. But putting average for McElroy, he's 139th. Yeah, and I know you said you don't have to put lights out, but he's 139th on the tour. It's scrambling, he's 112th. And in total driving right now, uh, very uncharacteristically, Rory is sitting at 83rd. So yes. when you look at the numbers, I mean, I'm not picking him this week. Um, um, when you look at the numbers, you can, you can kind of see why. Well, I was interested last week, Diane, when talking about Michael Block, where he was the he was the the heartthrob of everyone when he left the PGA, and then he went to the Colonial, and rightly so, had a complete uh, just lost all the momentum there. But he talked about where he got a, a bunch of criticism on on internet about where he said, if I just could drive it as far as Rory McIlroy with my the rest of my game, I'd be world class. And a lot of people jumped on Michael Block for saying that, but I was surprised that that Michael Block said that about Rory because I took it as a huge slight to Rory. I mean, you play with Rory McIlroy, that's the only thing you want to take 
just some distance. You don't want to take his iron game. You don't want to take his swing. You don't want to take his wedges. You don't want to take any of this stuff. And the question has to be asked, Diane, was that was that really him saying that? And like, he's not impressed with the rest of Rory's game because we have seen the 140th. We have seen the missed greens. We have seen the sloppy play around the greens. Is uh, Was that a slight to Rory McIlroy last week? Mm-hmm. And as you say, they had played together on Sunday at the PGA. Um, so Michael Block was seeing firsthand every single shot that Rory hit. Um, I don't think he meant it as a dig towards Rory at all. And I didn't think that it was like a conceited thing for Michael Block to say at the end of the day, you know, if you're teeing it up with the world's best, you have to be in the mindset that you can compete and that you're out there and you deserve to have your place in the field. Um, so you have to have confidence. and. Rory's got insane length. I mean, it's length that guys will only dream of because how how on earth do you ever emulate that? Well, you know, Rory last uh, two weeks ago, the PGA said he may on the weekend just go for it, hit it as far down there as possible. I think Jack will have that covered this week with the four-inch rough. He won't be able to do that, so he's going to have to hit the fairways like everybody else. Yeah. Rory's not on my board yet, Diane. I'm waiting for him to do something for me to pull him back into the equation here. Yeah. Maybe the US Open, who knows? And we obviously talked about Scheffler. We've talked about Ram and his amazing record around here. Um, Scheffler back to world number one. It's like a, a ping pong contest between the two of them right now for that world number one spot. Victor Hovland as well after that great performance at the PGA Championship. Hovland, you'd said it um, and I loved it. He, he's just figuring out how to, how to play the majors and eventually he's going to get a win. Um, you know, Hovland is just an exceptional player. He's playing great right now. He's got a fantastic set of stats across the board. So, you know, Hovland at 18 to 1 could be a, a great prospect this week. Yes, and I want to recall back to um, a funny story about the number world number one between Scheffler and Rahm. And when I was on tour, Tom Lehman was... Uh, in, at number one, and I think Nick Price was right there, and they were flip-flopping back each week. And I remember a cute story that Tom Lehman's daughter said to him uh, at a tournament. It was like, he, she's like, oh, cool, Dad. And like, y'all are just sharing it back and forth every week. Y'all are so nice to one another. They, they thought, <laughs> I thought it was a cute story, but it's almost the same thing. And, and you know, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about, it seems to mean a bit more to Ram. Ram, Ram is a fiery guy. Scheffler, I don't think it matters to him. He said, "Oh, it's an algorithm. I don't care. Whatever. I'm going to keep playing." Um, I do think it means more to Ram. Yeah, um, to be on top. Yeah, um, Scheffler. Every time I see a Scheffler interview, I'm like, he hasn't changed. You know, I think he's still driving his old beat up truck that he's had for years, and um, you know, obviously he's just at, at the top of his game right now, but. He hasn't changed and the success is just going to continue to come for him without a doubt. Yes. And I think I got him beat for older trucks. Mine's at 48. <clears throat> I don't know what he's driving, but it's got to be uh, younger than that. Well, Emiliano Grillo last week won the 1973 Ford Bronco that had been restored at the Charles Schwab. I want to very quickly just talk about Grillo because I thought this was genius and I thought it was genius when it happened and then he talked about it afterwards. But 
after he doubled 18. He was hanging around to see if he was going to be in a playoff with Adam Schenk. And he got some little kids who were spectating onto the first tee box and let them hit shots. Now, uh, Grill is a relatively new father as well. And when I was watching it, I thought, he is just getting out of his head right now. He is forgetting about what just happened on the 72nd green. Um, and, and he's just enjoying this moment. He's going to loosen up. He's going to smile. He's going to laugh with these kids. And then if he does get to the playoff, he's going to be so fresh and in such a great mindset. And that's exactly what happened. And he got those little boys in the locker room afterwards and gave them hats. And um, that would, to me was just such a brilliant moment from last week. Anything to get out of that? The brilliant part was to get anything out of you looking at hitting another shot and judging yourself of why the heck you just made a double bogey on 18 and why you didn't hit a three wood. Just get a couple of kids in there, watch them hit a few swings. He 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 knew that uh, you know his fate might have been wrapped in uh, you know in a in a bad way to lose that tournament. As it turned out, it turned out to be lucky. He got a nice bounce in the playoff off the side of the hill at 16. Um, no, it was a great win for him. And, you know, when you look back, I always like to look back, Diane, and see what we missed, you know, with with uh, Grillo last week. But I look back and, you know, he's right there. He's top 50 in, in uh, approach. He's 50th in putting. He's 60th in proximity, 30th in driving. We always look as handicappers of what is that amount of pop-out value? Pop-out meaning how can he get – can he jump out of his set of stats good enough to do what you need to do this week? Can you drive the ball into the top 10 players this week? Can you hit the greens into the top 15? Can you putt into the top 30? And can you scramble into the top five? That's the name of the game this week. It's going to be very difficult for some of these guys to pop up into that. And that's why we look so hard at guys like Rory. Mm -hmm. Can he come up? Can Horschel come from 176 into the top two like he did last year? I don't think so. So there's odds to all of that, of course. And uh, Emiliano Grillo is 90 to 1 this week. I think you should fancy a flutter at last. I don't think he's going to win this week, but he'll be enjoying. He said he, he, said he had a huge uh, headache going on the plane home the next day and he didn't care at all. Yeah, well, um, I just had a look. Uh, if you fancy him for a top 10, he's 7 to 1, and he's uh, just under 3 to 1 for a top 20 finish. So yeah, yeah. keep the momentum going. Right, let's move on to our picks for the Memorial Tournament. We each have an outright favourite, a one to watch, and then a dark horse at over 100 to 1. Who's going to kick it off this week? If you're picking John Ram, get it out of the way. No, I'm not going to pick Ron this week, although I think I'm happy that he's rested. But I am going to pick his, you know, stable mate that plays this course better than anyone, which is Cantlay. He's last, oh my gosh, Diane, one, two, three, four, five. The last six tournaments at this tournament, third, first, 32nd, first, fourth, 35th. And I look over here at the, the stats, Diane, that I'm really concerned with, total driving, first. Putting average, six. Scrambling, 50th. I mean, hello? Yes. What can you do? You've got to take the guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty difficult to overlook him for sure. So, yeah, Patrick Cantley, as we said, uh, definitely one of the favourites this week, and he is 10 to 1. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Not bad. I actually thought he was going to be less than that. I thought that he might. I did too. I, I like I like ten to one on yeah, that. Man. I actually uh, thought that he might have been shorter odds than Scheffler, just because of the way that Cantley has played here over the years. So ten to one, take it. Um, I am taking his best mate. I'm going to go with Xander Schauffele this week at sixteen to one. Um, He's had four top five finishes in his last six starts. So he's playing really well. He likes it here. This is the, the fifth time that he's played the tournament, missed the cut in his first year. But in the other four times, the worst he's finished is in a tie for 18th. Um, Xander's approach game is always fantastic. Um, I'm looking at his stats right now, scrambling. He's just... 25th um, putting average in the top 20 that approached that um, from that 175 to 200 that we looked at this week he's 25th but when you look at his approach for the whole season in general on the PGA Tour he's sitting at 6th um, and 11th in putting so I love Xander for this week you know as I said he's been a name that's been there or thereabouts he's talked about a lot right now um, and just in these designated events because all this week are going to be on Scheffler, on Ram, on Rory, on Cantley. Sanders a little bit below them at 16 to 1, so I'm going to take him as my outright favourite. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's one thing between picking a player that's on the rise and then another player like the Ram, the Xanders, they're always right there. They don't have to do anything more stat-wise to perform on this course. Now, I'd like to pull some guys up that I think are playing some decent golf, Diane, but I don't know how they get past that group up top of, of, yeah. that they're playing so well. That's the thing about the designated events. I struggle with the um, guys that are around about like 60, 70, 80 to 1. Like I always I find it hard to kind of pick from that category because we know with a dark horse we have to go over 100 to 1. Um, so my one to watch this week is about 30 to 1. I find them at 33 to 1. Do you want me to dive in? Yeah, well, we know that Vegas knows what they're doing, Diane. When you, they take all the good players, they got low odds, and then as soon as you get down to someone else, they go to 200, 300 to 1 because they know they got no chance of winning it, and uh, they want that sucker bet on them. Yeah. Hey, well, I'm going to take Terrell Hatton this week as my one to watch. Again, a guy that's been playing really well lately. He's had a third place finish, a fifth place finish, finished uh, in a tie for 15th at the PGA Championship. I looked at, uh, you know, these difficult, compatible golf courses, um, and I know everyone mentions Augusta National, but um, Bay Hill, there's a, a lot of similarities, um, and that's where Terrell Hatton got his win um, in the Arnold Palmer Invitational a couple of years ago. But again, he's playing really good. Um, that his iron play is fantastic. He's 10th in approach for the season on the PGA Tour. And um, when we did our re-ranking, he came out at number five, which is fantastic. 12th in total driving. He's 17th in scrambling, 17th in putting average. Great numbers and great odds for Terrell Hatton this week. Yeah. Um, you have to take someone that can strike it. I mean, when you look at Adam Scott's playing well, Jason Day is a member of this course. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that do well here. I'm picking a guy that plays well on this course and has statistics to back it up. I'm talking about Colin Morikawa. He won this tournament, Diane, when it was the work day. You remember they played back-to-back -back tournaments here at this course. The second one was sponsored by Workday. Finished second here two years ago. He does over here, Diane, things that I like. 
13th in uh, approach, 11th in proximity and top 30 driving. You don't have to hit it miles in this course, but you've got to hit it straight. That's mm -hmm. kind of Morikawa. Don't have to putt crazy. He's 88th in putting. That's the weak, weak part of his game, but he's like top 10 in the world player. Um, you know, there's a bunch of guys that are sitting right around him, Diane, that you could make an argument for. But Morikawa, I like people that have played this course and won, won on this course. I like because I played this tournament for years and I knew that there was guys that just could not play this golf course and there was guys that could. Yeah. And my next pick at 250 to 1 is a guy that can play this course. That was the only thing about Terrell Hatton. He's only played this tournament once before. Um, so, you know, doesn't have the course knowledge. However, you know, he's obviously a well-traveled, <laughs> fantastic uh, golfer and will be able to figure it out. And I just love the fact that he's playing so well right now. Um, he's fun to watch too. He's a good one to root for. <laughs> yes. I'm taking Terrell Hatton at... Right about 30 to 1. And you have Colin Morikawa. What odds do we have for Morikawa? Let me check. You got it, you got it in front of you? Yeah, 22 to 1. Yeah, so, I like 22 to 1 on Morikawa. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just saw that he is very close to Hideki Matsuyama, past champion here, 35 to 1. Those are nice odds for Hideki. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I, I want to go, I like guys that play well here. Um, I'm going to dive right into, Diane, my dark horse, because I've got a 250 to one shot of this week. Uh, this guy plays this tournament over the last 10 years, 70% of making the cuts over the last 10 years, 50% of those, Diane, are in the top 15. Um, Kevin Strillman is starting to do some things, 46 in proximity to the hole. All of his numbers are not great, Diane. They're getting a little bit better, but he finished top 10 at Colonial last week. And what I'm interested with him is he's 109th on the FedEx, just made a substantial jump at the Colonial, 250 to 1. Okay, that's fine. I'm looking at using him. He, he's got to be thinking, I'm going to Memorial, a place that I love, and I'm playing well, and he's going to be ready. And that's what I'm, I'm riding this little wave here. That is a, that's a great pick. Great odds as well. Nice find for your dark horse. My guy was in the mix last week until he had a 76 on Sunday around Colonial and he knocked himself right out of the top 10. So I'm sure Harris English is going to be very annoyed right now. But this week he is 110 to 1. So he's just over and I'm going to take him as my dark horse. Um, he's... You know, we know that he was out injured for a while. It took him a little while to get a bit of rhythm going again. He finished third at the Wells Fargo, um, runner-up at Bay Hill um, back in March. So, obviously, you know, playing better. And as I said, he was really in contention until he had a pretty crappy Sunday last week. But um, really strong iron game always. That's And he's a, a straight hitter, Harris English. Um, he's had a 13th place finish and an 18th place finish here before. 67% chance of making the cut. So I really like him this week and I think that there's going to be a bit of the bounce back factor after what was a frustrating Sunday around Colonial. So I'm going to take Harris English at 110 to 1. I like it. I like it. All eyes beyond Jack Nicholas, of course, this week, Diane. 
this is his baby. <clears throat> He's going to get a dry weather week. Uh, we're going to have a great uh, honoree with Larry Nelson. He doesn't get all the accolades he should. Should have been Ryder Cup captain. Should have been a lot of things. But Larry Nelson was a great player. Uh, I played a lot of golf with Nelson. I played with him late in the PGA when he was about 60 at the athletic Atlanta Athletic Club. I think it was the one that Keegan Bradley and he was hitting woods into every par five, and sorry, woods into every par four, made the cut at like 60 years old in the PGA. Um, just an incredible player and, uh, and good for him to yeah. be on it this week. Yeah, that's going to be a special week. Um, also, keep an eye out for the curse of Chief, Chief Leather Lips. It's really difficult to say. I stumble over it every single time. Really difficult for a Scottish person, yes. Yeah, exactly, because we've got a lot going on in there. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and you know what? Oh, I just have to. I laugh because uh, every time it happens over the weekend, two people asked if I was Australian, and I'm like, my boss would hate you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully, because the the curse is always that we have horrendous weather and rain and delays. So nothing in the forecast right now. But you never know with that voodoo weirdness what could happen. And the milkshakes are always iconic at Memorial as well. So you'll see a lot of players. They're available in the locker room. Um, they have this incredible ice cream. I don't know if Jack Nicholas has something to do with the ice cream. Is it his company or? I don't know if there's a. Uh, yeah. But the milkshakes are super famous. I, I've had one before um, and it was phenomenal. All right then. Well, thank you very much for watching this week, watching and for listening to our tour report for the Memorial Tournament. Um, we've got the US Open in a couple of weeks. Next week, it's the RBC Canadian Open, which is a fantastic tournament. And we know how much the fans up there just embrace the PGA Tour when they cross the border. So we'll be diving into that one. A lot of the, the bigger names are going to be taking the week off in preparation for the US Open. So it'll be an interesting field to go through and to handicap. And uh, we will be back with you next week. And last footnote, Diane, uh, Jason Duffner, own secret golf contributor who skipped the PGA to have a baby. He's playing this week at Memorial. He's a past champion there. Young Franklin Duffner oh. is with us now at about nine pounds, Diane, healthy baby boy. <laughs> well, my uh, people, whenever anyone sees my son, who's going to be seven months this week, they're like, wow, that's a big baby. <laughs> he wasn't big. He's a big baby. He's a happy baby, your baby. He is. He's the best. Um, I have another Every time I see your baby, it makes me feel better. I know. I just love him so much. Um, I have a second footnote. We've actually, um, we appear in the top 25 golf travel podcasts. So I got a notification um, of congratulations saying that we, it said, I, I want to give you a virtual high five for your contribution to this world. So yeah, we're up there in the top 25 golf travel podcasts worldwide. We'll take it. We'll take it. Thank you. Thanks for supporting us. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll be talking about the RBC Canadian Open next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.